1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mountain Province Diamonds Incorporated 3rd Quarter 2021 Earnings Call Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. I would like to turn the conference over to Jonathan Cumberford. Please go ahead.
2: Uh, Good day to everyone who has dialed in to listen to our Q3 results call. Uh, My name is Jonathan Comerford, and I am the chairman of the company, and I've been acting as interim CEO since Stuart Brown's departure last month. I would like to take this opportunity to again thank Stuart for his contribution to the company over what was a challenging time. You will hopefully have seen yesterday's announcement of a new appointment. I'm delighted that Mark Wall will be starting from next Monday as president and CEO. Delighted not just because it brings an end to my short role as interim CEO, but also because I think Mark will do an excellent job. Uh, Mark brings an enormous amount of operational and joint venture experience, and I'm looking uh, forward to working with him as the company enters a very exciting chapter in its history. I would also like to welcome Dan Johnson to the board. Dan is hugely experienced in Arctic Diamond Mining and will add enormous value and support to Mark and the entire board. As ever, before I start, I would like to draw your attention to the legal language covering forward-looking information and reporting information. I would like to start by identifying some of the key highlights from the quarter. I will then pass over to our CFO, Perry Ying, to discuss the financial performance, then our VP of Diamond Marketing, Ray Mackey, to discuss the diamond market, and then I will close with some comments on what our focus will be for the coming months. The team will then be available for any questions that you may have. A year is a very long time in the diamond industry. 2020 was a tumultuous year. COVID hit the sector hard. Mountain Province's operations at its very basic levels can be kind of simplified as follows. It has a 49% interest in a mine in the Northwest Territories in Canada. Our share of production from this mine is cleaned and sorted in India, and then it is sold at approximately 10 sales a year in Antwerp. At one point or another over the last 18 months, COVID impacted each of these operations. Initially, Antwerp was shut down for sales, then India sorting centers had their challenges, and finally in February of this year, the mine, which did so well to stay operational throughout 2020 when many of our peers could not, was forced to shut down for over a month. Health and safety is of paramount importance to us, and I would like to thank all of our partners and staff along that chain for the measures and protocols that they put in place to minimize the risk that COVID has on our staff and our operations. I would also like to thank our major shareholder, Dermot Desmond, whose support allowed the company to get through these very challenging times. Now onto more positive news. Um, Whilst COVID still represents a significant risk and we cannot let our guard down, Goucher Quay is the jewel in the crown of the Anglo operations in terms of vaccinations with close to 100% of the staff fully vaccinated. It also has very stringent protocols and measures to minimize the risks. Being so isolated in the Northwest Territories has actually its advantages. Uh, Mountain Province has also uh, hit a number of other milestones in the period, uh, with over uh period ending Q3, with over $1 billion US billion in sales, and something we are equally proud of with over. 1,100 days without a lost time injury. In terms of mining, that is exceptional, and the team at GK deserve a lot of credit for that. As traumatic as 2020 was, the recovery of the diamond sector has been equally dramatic. I have been involved with Mountain Province for over 20 years, and over that entire time, there has been talk about supply and demand imbalance and the rough sector uh, and the diamond prices breaking out. It has been talked about for so long, I was nearly beginning to doubt it myself. This year, the stars seem to align, and it appears that the long-awaited inflection point has finally occurred. Like many things, this breakout was driven by both uh, supply and demand. On the supply side, Argyle shutting down certainly helped. It took out the biggest diamond mine in terms of carrots in the world. This disproportionately helped Mountain Provinces. Our production was quite similar to Argyle. It is worth noting, that our, with Argyle gone, the GK mine is now the third biggest diamond mine in the world in terms of carats produced, and by far the, uh, the newest. We celebrated just our fifth year in production this year. Just turning to the, the general diamond market, in, in total, diamond production uh, has fallen from 176 million carats in 2006 and 144 million carats in 2019 to just 116 million carats this year. A drop of approximately 35% over the last 15 years. Diamond production in the medium to long term is only heading in one direction. In terms of demand, I believe the strength of the recovery in diamond uh, demand has taken a lot of commentators by surprise. The figures that have uh, been absolutely exceptional, according to Mastercard jewellery sales in September in the US, were up 57% uh, compared to the same period in 2019. Which is pre-COVID. It is not just the U.S. either. China's Te Fouc, the largest jewellery chain in the world, saw retail sales in the quarter ending September 2001, up 56% year on year. Instead of jumping on a plane to celebrate a birthday or an anniversary, many are instead buying their loved one's jewellery. We've also seen a substantial rise in self-purchasing. There are strong reasons also to believe that these are not temporary factors and will continue in the medium to long term. With demand outstripping supply, the gap has been filled to date by the big sellers selling down their inventory. De Beers and El Rosa combined sold 65 million carats in the first nine months of 2021 and produced just 48 million carats. That means they reduced their inventories by over 17 million carats. According to Paul Zeminski, the two major players now have uh, uh, have, have little excess inventory left to sell. This bodes very well for diamond prices going forward, as this inventory is no longer there to plug the gap. Like for like, we are seeing prices for our goods up over 40% from pre-COVID levels, and we have seen this strength continue in recent sales that we just closed. This price growth is now feeding through to our results. We have adjusted EBITDA in this quarter of $41 million, This is the second highest EBITDA figure we have announced since our inception and compares to just 15.3 million in the corresponding period last year. Year Year-to-date EBITDA is close to 100 million compared to just 14 million in the nine months ending 2020. Moving on to the production results. If you look at page, uh, at slide five, you'll see our high level production stats for the quarter. Compared to the same quarter last year, we've improved on total tonnage mined, ore tonnes mined, and ore tonnes treated. However, due to mine sequencing, that part, uh, the part of the, of the ore body we had access to this quarter grade was slightly lower than Q3 2020 at 1.88 carats per tonne. This resulted in quarterly mine production of 1.56 million carats. We were quite pleased to see the strong mining performance in the quarter. Uh, the best we've seen since 19, or 2019. We have had a number of record days in recent weeks in terms of mining that is very encouraging. These good mining rates have allowed the mine to generate a sizable stockpile ahead of the plant, which bodes well for car production for the remainder of the year and provides a good buffer should any disruption to mining occur. The process plant continues to run well at approximately 9,000 tonnes per day, during the quarter, resulting in 832,000 tons treated. As I mentioned previously, recovered grade came in sequentially lower than the previous quarter at 1.88 carats per tonne. Moving ahead to slide six, you can see our quarterly stats on a sequential basis over the prior six quarters. You can see that GK has emerged from the difficulty seen during the challenging periods during the COVID pandemic. High rates of vaccination at site, along with improved labor ability, has allowed the mine to improve overall mining performance quarter on quarter. I will now pass over the presentation to Perry, who will cover the financial performance. Perry.
0: Thanks, Jonathan, and good morning, everyone. As Jonathan mentioned, I'll cover the financial highlights for the third quarter, which has continued the trend of strong results that we saw in the second quarter. As per normal, all financial figures, I quote, will be in Canadian dollars unless otherwise noted. Uh, Turning over to the next slide, uh, first in terms of top line revenue, it was one of our strongest quarters in the company's history with reported revenue of $94 million, which is the third highest revenue reported in a quarter. The two other quarters where we had higher revenue were both three sale uh, quarters, whereas we only uh, completed two diamond sales in this quarter. Um, The next highest sale, uh, the next highest quarter uh, where we reported two sales was the fourth quarter of last year where we reported $80 million uh, in total sales. So uh, over $14 million uh, more than that on a comparative basis. So our quarter's results comprise of 1.03 million carats sold at U.S. $72 a carat which is nearly double that compared to 956,000 carats sold at uh, US $37 uh, dollars per carat in the prior year. Note that in the uh, prior year third quarter results, uh, those, tipi- those uh, excluded the sale of fancies uh, and special diamonds. Overall, in terms of net income, uh, this uh, translated into net income of 8.8 million or four cents a share Uh, which is inclusive of a 9.9 million uh, foreign exchange loss, which is primarily uh, unrealized and related to uh, the fluctuations in the Canadian dollar, which happened to weaken relative uh, to the U.S. dollar at the end of the third quarter. So basically on the translation of our U.S. dollar denominated debt. Another metric to measure our performance is, uh, as as Jonathan mentioned, is uh, through our EBITDA generated uh, which was over 41 million for the quarter and nearly 100 million to date. This is reflected uh, in our EBITDA margin. If we turn to the next uh, slide, sorry yeah, the prior slide, yeah, uh, reflected at our EBITDA margin of 44%. Um, and on the following slide, uh, you see our earnings from mine operations uh, were 30 million for the quarter. Sticking with this slide, I'll cover a couple of other metrics, uh, which are included, which include our production costs. Our cost per tonne treated was uh, $101 per tonne for the quarter and $110 per tonne on a year-to-date basis. Significant operating improvements have been realized in the quarter despite uh, continued pressure from uh, COVID-19 in the community in the Northwest Territories. Our costs are slightly higher, uh, both on a per-ton and per-carat basis compared to our 2020 figures, which uh, can be attributed to the benefits of uh, Canadian government support programs uh, relating to COVID-19, which were received in 2020, but not in the current year. The impact of the COVID-related shutdown of the mine in the first quarter of 2021 uh, and slightly higher diesel costs also contributed uh, to slightly higher costs. We believe that given the strong performance of the mine and process plant since early summer, we are currently on track to come in uh, below our low end of uh, cash cost guidance, including capitalized stripping for 2021, which was set at $125 to $135 per ton treated and $58 to $63 per carat recovered. On the CapEx front, we spent $1.3 million for the quarter and $9.7 million year-to-date compared to a guidance amount of 21 million for the full year. Uh, at this point, we do expect to come in um, you know, below that $20 million, 21 million dollar figure, um, although we, I can't give you specific numbers uh, because there's some timing variances uh, um, in December that uh, we'll have to uh, true out for. Turning to the balance sheet, uh, you see that we ended the quarter with a healthy cash balance of 42.5 million. We are pleased to report that we have fully repaid and retired the term loan facility provided by DuneBridge, which helped us weather the missed June diamond sale. In the end, we drew just over $30 million from the term term loan and repaid it in full between the end of June and September. Additionally, we made a further $5 million repayment on our revolving credit facility uh, to reduce our current outstanding balance to U.S. $20 million. Looking ahead uh, to the remainder of the year, we'll continue to work with uh, De Beers to focus on operational efficiencies uh, to mitigate cost pressures we see in the Canadian mining industry. The stronger Canadian dollar, higher diesel prices, and tight labor market are all challenges uh, facing the industry. Fortunately, uh, we are seeing uh, uh, top-line diamond price growth well ahead of these inflationary pressures. So with that, I'll turn the presentation over to Reid Mackey to give you more color on that and our sales and marketing in particular. Thanks, Barry.
3: Overall, the Q3 diamond market was buoyant with rough supplies low and demand high in anticipation of the strong holiday retail season. While last year's COVID challenges made rough diamond sales undeniably difficult, Mountain Province managed to maintain a marketing strategy based on the confidence that diamonds have historically done well after crises and we've certainly seen that in our sales this year. In terms of rough diamond supply and demand fundamentals, we've seen reduced supply from the major diamond producers reflect here in the NISCI's inventory analysis, which has balanced inventories through the diamond pipeline and created a healthier midstream. Further, as discussed by Jonathan, the closure of Argyle has permanently removed considerable carrots from the market, which has created some shortages in smaller sizes browns, and more commercial quality diamonds, categories which are closely aligned to Mountain Province's production profile. Encouragingly, in recent sales, we've noted rising demand for these commercial qualities, which is translating into considerable price growth, 45% year-to-date and 47% up on pre-COVID prices, indexed on a like-for-like basis. Further downstream on the demand side, holiday retail sales in the U.S. are forecasted to be particularly strong, and in China, despite recent uncertainties, jewelry demand there remains steady with major local and international retailers continuing to report solid results. This has brought renewed confidence to the rough buyers regarding the sustainability of these recent price gains for the short and medium term. Lastly, on, on to product at GK, the size frequency distribution of the ore bodies being mined at depth appear to be trending towards a course profile which has delivered positives in terms of overall average run of mine price. We're looking forward to our planned mining areas continuing to deliver this higher production profile in the medium to long future. And with that, I'll pass it back to you, Jonathan.
2: Thank you, Reid. In summary, overall, we have seen a very strong third quarter, which allows us to enter the final months of 2020 and the start of 2022 on a much stronger footing optimization of the life of mine plan combined with increased diamond prices are allowing us to have a much improved financial outlook and a good level of cash heading into the end of the year as we enter 2022 we believe that we're in a very good place in terms of the market with a new ceo who the board are very excited about working with with mark leading the team the focus over the next few months will be on four main items one We are continuing to work with our partner De Beers to maximize the efficiencies of the mine and continually improving the life of mine plan. We've made good progress here, but a lot more work needs to be done with De Beers. Two, we're going to put much more of a focus on investor relations as we uh, feel we have a good story to tell now and a good ESG story to tell too. And it is a source of much concern to us that despite the improved performance of the company and the strong diamond market, that this has not been reflected at all in the share price of the company. Our shareholders have had a horrible time with the stock, and we are very conscious about that. And We're trying to do something about that. Uh, Kennedy and the two main uh, items in which we're going to be focusing on and going to take most of our attention to the next two items. And number three is is Kennedy. Uh, The JK a uh, joint venture covers just 5,000 hectares over four mining leases. There are a couple of additional targets to drill at GK, and there is the potential, by including probable resources, to extend the mine by a year or two beyond to, uh, 2030, but probably a little beyond that without going underground. In contrast, the Kennedy North Project, which is a 100% owned by Mountain Province, incorporates 22 federal licenses and 97 claims covering over 1, 000, uh, sorry, 106,000 hectares surrounding the GK mine on all sides. That is 20 times the size of the land fortune owned by GK. It is five known Kimberlites uh, with three having resources. Financial constraints in the last few years have meant that we haven't been able to do the work at Kennedy that we would have liked to have done. Our current improved financial position means that we are now in a position to put more of a focus on Kennedy. Kennedy is the future of this company, and we are conducting aggressive exploration to add resources to the project. We have identified two new geophysical targets immediately adjacent and identical to the Faraday Kimberlites, though we plan to test in winter 2022 with up to 2,000 meters of drilling. This past summer, we collected over 600 till samples, with half of those collected on new claims staked in 2022, we haven't uh, done a till sample program like this in over 20 years on the project. Um, we have the best team in place for exploration at Kennedy, and we expect positive results to come very soon. Uh, four, uh, on the bonds. Finally, uh, a lot of our attention over the coming months will be on the, 200, uh, sorry, the $300 million US dollar bonds that expire in December 2022. I can't say much on this call, but the issue is very much in focus. Our bonds are very tightly held by very friendly parties. All are very supportive of the company and the sector and want to stay involved. The improvement in the diamond prices is certainly helping. We would hope to be in a position to give an update on this in the coming months. I'm sorry, I can't say more at this juncture. We are very conscious about giving some clarity to the market as soon as possible on this issue as we're very aware that the uncertainty that it is creating, and in particular creating an overhang on the equity side, that is it for me. So, operator, I would like uh, if you could now open the lines for any questions that anyone may have.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your tone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star followed by the two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the
4: handset before pressing any keys. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder,
1: should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one. Your first question comes from Daniel McConvey from Rossport. Please go ahead.
5: Hi, good day, everyone, uh, Jonathan. Hi, um, well Don. Right, two questions. One, just the, the last comment there about uh, mining deeper into the pit now, and uh, I'm not sure if I heard the comments right that um, you're getting into a richer part of the ore body. Is that is that what was said?
4: Reed, Reed, do you want to take that? I think I think
6: Reed had mentioned uh, this yeah. is Matt McPhail, VP Tech Services. Uh, the SFD is coarsening um, slightly, so the the mix of product has become coarser. Um, richness, um, the grade is is the grade, but uh, the the skewed to the larger size classes is is becoming a little bit more apparent. Reed, do you have any more color on that?
3: No, that's correct, Matt. So it's uh, we're seeing a coarsening of that size frequency distribution, which obviously feeds into uh, a larger average carat size which um which is a is a considerable factor when uh when averaging up your dollar per carat for the production as a run of mine.
5: Okay, and that's gonna you're getting into that now and how how long will you be is it is this something that's um gonna last several quarters? In the plan?
3: I, I i can't i can't speak to that from where we're where we will be mining but um from what we've seen um and and we'll be mining in similar areas uh to to what we mine today um we have seen this coarsening uh size frequency distribution so um uh, i would expect uh we'll see that into the next year okay
5: thank you jonathan just with kennedy yes sure kennedy uh kennedy um you have a there's a lot of exploration well, a lot of things you um, outside of Kennedy, you're hoping to get into reserves over the course of the next year or two, as I understand it, um as you do the mine plan. but kennedy um he raised he raised it, my ears when you said that's the future I realize I realize it uh, it is um, what um, how uh, how do you approach the beers in terms of um in terms of having them Buy into the plan. Would the plan be to drill this all, all out, you know, over the next year or two, and then and convince your partner that uh, this is the way to go? Or how would you, how would you um, uh, think about that process?
2: Well, I think um, where we are, I suppose, there's a couple of a couple of kind of figures to bear in mind that I kind of mentioned. And first of, you know, we we have twenty times more land for exploration purposes than, than GK um g k um you know is is based on you know the light, current life of mine I think we can probably extend that a little bit probably too probable and, and and might get lucky in some other stuff. but the reality is, is that the future is is Kennedy. um you know we have both uh, both partners have spent over a billion dollars building a processing plant and surrounding infrastructure at g k. Uh, we've been invested heavily in the region. Neither of us will want to walk away from an investment in, in 2030 when there is so much potential to extend the mine life at, at Kennedy. So, you know, what what the plan will be? Obviously, you know, the plant um, is uh, has a life of mine plan out to 2030 at 3.6 million tonnes per annum. So, at full capacity, uh, we would obviously have liked for you know some of the higher grade zones in Kennedy to be incorporated in that mine plan um, earlier. Uh, But, you know, what we are doing at the moment is looking at seeing how we can extend the resource beyond the 10 million or so tons that we have already proven at at Kennedy. And, you know, through greenfield exploration, we're looking at trying to identify there's a lot of unexplained kimberlite trails that uh, we need to kind of get to the bottom of. And we want to drill these two new targets. And I don't think, you know, I think that basically if we hit there uh, I think we have some excellent pipes already at Kennedy and discovered some additional pipes and I think it would make some very interesting discussions with the Beers or a third party uh, after that okay
5: great Does that answer you your question yes
4: thank, thank
1: you. you ladies and gentlemen as a reminder should you have a question please press the star followed by the one There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed.
6: Operator, uh, we have a few webcast questions that I'd like to uh, read out um, that came in online, and then uh, we can answer them. So I have a question here from Kieran Hodgson at Panmere Gordon. The question is, with the diamond market set to remain balanced with limited incremental sources of goods available, will the company seek to maximize returns per carat as previously indicated?
2: Jonathan, um, look. As I pointed out, there is an imbalance going forward. That gap has been built by uh, Alrosa and Tadros, um, effectively selling down uh, nearly 19 million of inventory uh, this this quarter or the, this this year to date. Um, what we want to do, and is uh, maybe we can talk more about about this, we want to maximise the value of the carrots we get out of the ground. And we're looking at various initiatives and how we can actually do that. I think we've got a very good product. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the Canadian Diamonds have an awful lot of advantages over what I'd see many of our, our, our peers in terms of uh, sustainability and in terms of the, um, it, you know, the jurisdiction in which they uh, they come from. And I think that's certainly an area in which we're hoping to do that. Uh, but, yes, I think the, the supply and demand, we, as, I, as I pointed out, was the third biggest uh, Time in and mine and the world at the moment. And certainly, there are opportunities for us, and, and we're really trying to get. we can get an extra couple of dollars a car, so that's really what we want to have to try to do. Uh, Reid, do you want to add to that?
3: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit it, it hit the nail on the head. Um, the supply-demand imbalance is, is is kind of created a nice platform from which to, in terms of price, uh, to launch kind of value-added activities from and and an origin. Seems to be um, a, a trend. It's been a, more than a trend. It's been ongoing for several years now, where the major retailers are starting to um, start to market based on origin. And obviously, uh, with our product coming from Canada, um, we we kind of hit a, a, a couple of points in terms of origin, um, especially on the um, um, on uh, social responsibility and and the environment. So, more people want to know where the diamonds are from. And uh, I I think there there are plenty of opportunities that we
4: can build on here with uh, this fundamental price increases that we've seen over the past year. And then uh, the second part of that uh, question from Kieran,
6: or or it's a separate question, um, was when considering 2024, do you envision a plan being communicated within the next 12 months? I, um, as a technical representative, I can comment on that if you don't mind, Jonathan.
4: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
6: the the plan is uh, the company, we will be working on an NI-43-101 report to be published in uh, before the end of the first quarter of 2022. And that will have a revised mine plan
4: uh, with new um, information available. And that's about all we can say about it right now. Um, I uh, will move on questions. to,
6: yeah, there's a, there's some questions from Scott McDonald uh, at Scotiabank. Uh, it's a multi-parter. Um, first question would be, on an updated uh, Gacho Quay Life of Mine plan, when do you expect to be able to update the market on this? I think I just answered that before the end of the first quarter 2022. Can you comment on the scope? of the changes to the planned reserves under consideration, including the potential impact on the revised SFD for TUZO and the recent exploration results on site. Not at this time, the work is being done right now. Uh, we don't want to uh, speak to things that aren't, being, aren't complete yet, so uh, the answers to those questions will be uh, in that technical report. Uh, Any changes to your U.S. $48 per carat price assumption for Tuzo? Um, Formally, at this time, there are no changes to that assumption, but I think we can all appreciate that the recent uh, buoyancy in the diamond market may lead us to revisit that number uh, when we start looking at our forecast in this technical report. So that's the three questions from Scott. Yeah,
2: just um, just. Just to add to that, look, I think it's fair to say that the uh, um, you know the categories that we've seen in Tuzo have been uh, disproportionately going up, kind of more than than many of the other uh, pipes. So I would be expecting to see an improvement in that based on the last couple of sales. But read read again. Do you want to mention or talk about that? Because it's a, I think it's a pretty big point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um. um uh, you know the, uh, the you know the, the bifurcation. I think it was referred to um, that's occurred since 2017 between smalls and large seems to be narrowing and coming back to more normal uh, sustainable levels in terms of price relativities between smaller goods and larger goods. And uh, um, and and we'd expect uh, you know the recent um, price increases um, that have happened with smalls and more commercial qualities.
4: Uh, would feed in very positively to um, some of the bodies like Tusa. Okay, great. I have a. Okay. Uh, if there's nothing further, I have another question on the webcast.
6: This from uh, Victor Consoli at Avenue Capital Group. The question is, what has what has grade de- the grade has declined from 2.19 last year to 1.88 this quarter. Uh, is this declining trend that will continue? I can take this one. Uh, it's a no. It's a it's a feature of mine. Sequencing we mine different parts of the pit at different times of the year, and some kind of uh, varyate along the
4: mean, and uh, we don't expect this declining trend to continue. That uh, those are all the questions I have uh, from the webcast operator. Operator, are there any other questions? No more questions on the conference. Okay. If there... Uh, oh.
2: Sorry, keep going. Sorry, if there's if there's no more
6: we got, questions... Uh, we've got... Uh, sorry, we just got one more come in right under the line sorry. here. Um, I'll read the question. Okay. It's a question that Jonathan can handle. Uh, the question, with regard to the bond refinancing, would you give us an idea of the size of the new bond offering being sought?" From Stephen Monison of
2: Monison Capital Partners. Sorry, could you repeat that? Uh, it's the size of the new bond.
6: Yeah, with regard to the bond refinancing, would you give us an idea of the size of the new bond offering being sought? Well,
2: I'm uh, I'm not really sure what that means, but I think what the the reality is is that, you know, we have 300 million U.S. dollars of a bond repayment that needs to be repaid by December of next year. And, you know, I think what we are doing at the moment is that, uh, like last year, we were obviously in a very challenging position. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I wasn't being asked this question about the bonds, uh, you know, last year. Um, but we are not—we uh, are in a different position than what kind of Petro faced, um, you know. When they did a, a substantial kind of debt for equity swap, uh, we do face challenges. But the improved financial situation and the diamond prices have certainly kind of helped. Uh, it gives us a lot more options than we would have had last year. Um, so there is, a, you know, we, we expect the bonds are trading at 90. We'd expect to make them
4: whole. If that answers the question. Okay, uh, that's that's the uh, end of all of the webcast questions that I have, operator. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if there are
2: no more questions, again, I would like to close by thanking all of our long-suffering shareholders and bondholders for their patience and support. It has been a very long and tough journey with more downs than up. Uh, it just feels like we have now turned a corner, and I'm really quite excited about the future. Uh, So again, I'd like to thank you all and uh, wish you best
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect
7: your lines New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.